Our scripture reading for today comes from Genesis 1, verse 27. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right. So we're on week three, which is exciting of TechWise. We've been going through... Uh, this series called TechWise, and you know, like any good Methodist, we have an acronym to go along with the sermon series so that you remember it better. We've been, we've been through T, take time to be bored, and during that sermon, if you'll remember, this was a couple weeks ago, so I'm just going to remind you for a little bit. Uh, we talked about our tendency as humans to hide from boredom, uh, and most of the times it's behind a screen. And, but the cure for boredom, we learned uh, from this quote by 19-year-old Amy Crouch, is not distraction. The cure for boredom is not distraction. The cure for boredom is awe, and the cure for boredom is wonder. But to cure, if we want to fully experience the abundant life that God has to offer for us, and that Jesus promised us in the scriptures, then we must learn to look for that awe, to actively seek out the wonder, instead of passively hiding from boredom behind our phones. And last week, we talked about E, engage who you are with. And during that sermon, I shared a quote by Dr. Steve Siemens from Asbury Seminary, and he said that the original theological seminary is the family. And I also revealed how uh, some shocking research on how the mere presence of phones, the mere presence of phones Uh, in our household, the mere presence of phones when we're talking to somebody can have an impact on that relationship. And it disrupts a family's ability to build strong and healthy relationships. And we must learn to spend time engaging with one another without technology in order to build those deep and lasting relationships, not only with our family, but the other people that are close to us, our friends. So the, the sermon today is C. Create rather than consume. And as I was reading through and studying this sermon throughout the week, I was convicted, because this is, this is some heavy stuff. Again, I feel like every week has not been fun. I'm sorry about that, but every week has been good. Maybe it's not fun, but it's good, I hope. But throughout both of these past sermons, the past weeks and throughout the whole series, I hope that you see this repetitive theme of slowing down this repetitive theme is slowing down, and I hope that you're encouraged not to spend all your time investing in the busyness of life, but rather investing in those who are closest to you. I hope that you learn through this series to slow down, to stop, look, and listen for God's presence. And this morning, I want to give us the opportunity to do just that. And so right now, I'm going to encourage you just to get comfortable in your seat, uh, to find uh, a comfortable spot, maybe turn off your phones completely so, you, so you're not distracted just by the, the buzz in your pocket. And uh, once everyone's comfortable, I want you guys to really focus and listen because I want to read for you uh, Genesis chapter one. I just want to read the whole chapter one. And as I'm reading it, if you want to close your eyes, go ahead and close your eyes. Uh, but I want you to imagine yourself there as God is creating everything. Is that cool? Do you want to do that this morning? Just give you time to just relax, close your eyes, and to use your imagination to see what's going on here in Genesis chapter 1. Okay. 
So, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while the wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on the earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind, and with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And so God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 
God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in his fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning. The sixth day. So Genesis 1, it begins with nothingness, right? Just a void. And that's, that's hard for me to imagine. It begins with just a void. Then God begins to create. And we read and witness one amazing act of creation after another. But what was God's final act of creation in Genesis 1? The answer is God's final act of creation was making humankind, both male and female, in his image. We are created in the image of our creator to be creative. Can you say that five times fast? We are created in the image of our creator to be creative. We best reflect God when we're creative, right? We're created in the image of a creator who created all that we see and experience. Mountains, oceans, Adrenaline, sunsets, sandy beaches, snow, and love. All of this was created through the creativity of our creator, God the Father. And you and I are created in his image. And in the next chapter of Genesis, Genesis 2, 18 through 19, we read, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. And so out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. And when I read that, a question comes to mind. And the question is, why didn't God just do that himself? I, I feel like he would have done a better job naming the animals that he created. Why did he bring them to Adam for Adam to name the animals that God created? And I think the answer, one of the answers could be God the Father invited Adam to name what the Father created because God desires to share power. God desires to share his creativity within the context of a relationship. And Adam, he was created in the image of this creative God and God was giving Adam the opportunity to exercise the power of creativity within the context of that relationship. And the same applies to you and it applies to me, that we are created in the image of our creative God to be creative. So again, we best reflect God when we are creative, not when we are consuming. But so much of our life is built around technology. And so much, so much of technology, this isn't the main purpose of technology, but so much of what we use technology for is to consume, not to create. 
And I want you guys to hear the words again of 19-year-old Amy Crouch, uh, My Tech Wise Life. She said, you and I have both experienced what it's like to be consuming things on our devices. It's amazing how quickly we can lose track of time and how quickly the world around us and other people start to dwindle, dim, and almost disappear. Does anyone else experience that when they're on their phone? I do. See, I know fundamentally how I want to live, but tech has the power to distract me from it. My devices are made to do just that. So they have perfectly calibrated algorithms to keep me scrolling. Has anyone else experienced the perfectly calibrated algorithms to keep you scrolling? Like on Facebook, like things that you've never searched before start to pop up. Like if you're looking for a grill, maybe, and you were talking to your friend about this grill that you're looking for, and then all of a sudden the grill like pops up on your Facebook in the ad section. Is, it, is that just me, or is that anybody else? The worst for me was when I was talking to my friends about asking Liz to marry me, and I was talking about engagement rings, and then while I was with Liz on Facebook, I was on my phone with Liz. These were darker times. I, I didn't know about the sermon series yet, sorry. But I was on Facebook with Liz, and then all of a sudden engagement rings would start to like scroll past my feed, and I'd just be like, Oh, nothing, nothing, that's nothing. Has anyone else experienced that? I feel like that's the worst. Is that not the worst? It's just me, that's okay. Devices, they often tempt us, and they're designed for this, to consume rather than create. But being creative is how we best reflect the image of God. And so I wanna ask you guys a question, and this is a question that's painful for me. How often do you, or do I, have device-free time during our day? And for that matter, how often during the day are you more than an arm's length away from your phone? If I'm being honest, I'm rarely more than an arm's length away from my phone. I got two phones in my pocket right now. I'm rarely more than an arm's length away from my phone. And I don't think I was even aware of that before this series, that how far away from my phone I was. Because when I left the house, I would leave and I'd go, phone, wallet, keys. Got them. And that's just what I do. But now I'm more aware from this sermon series. And I think one of the reasons that we had this sermon was what we talked about earlier, is you being able to slow down and giving, your, giving yourself permission to slow down. But two, being aware of the screen time that you have in front of you. I think awareness is key. But having our devices within an arm's reach it gives us the option of instant gratification. And there's a problem with instant gratification because instant gratification only lasts an instant. So what brings lasting happiness? And what I've been told, I was gonna say in my experience, I'm 23, what I've been told is happiness is more acute and long lasting when it requires time and it requires patience. And that's why I find Psalm 46.10 interesting. When God says, "Still, sorry, be still and know that I am God. Has anyone else found that interesting? When you're reading that, you're like, why would God tell me to be still and just know that he is God when, like what other people say, that the earth is going to hell in a handbasket? Why are we commanded to be still? Why is this the commandment? But God says that if we want to know him more, stillness becomes this prerequisite to knowing God more. 
And we have to learn to be still. It's a learning process to be still. We were created in God's image, which means that when we seek after knowing God more, we seek after knowing ourselves more, and stillness is a part of that process. Stillness, it makes room for creativity. And if, if I was sitting in that seat throughout you know, high school, throughout my early years of college, throughout later years of college, throughout now, I would be like, I would love to be still, but I'm just too busy. Like in high school, I was like, oh, I'm so busy doing all these things. I've got, you know, this and this. I'm just so busy, you know, as a high schooler. And then when I got to college as a freshman, I was like, I'm taking so many hours. I'm so busy. And I didn't know how busy I would be later in college when I had my upper level classes. And I was like, oh, I'm so busy. And then I got a full-time job and I'm like, okay, it's getting kind of busy now. But I don't even know some of the hours that some of you work. And so I can't, I can't speak to that. But some of you are busy, but we're all busy, right? I want to share, you, share with you some powerful and convicting words that I heard from this pastor friend. He says that we are all given the same 24 hours. No one gets more, no one gets less. The difference is how we choose to spend those 24 hours. And unfortunately, this is what the research shows that many of us adults, including myself, say that we don't have enough time but choose to spend three to four hours on our cell phones every day. And you may not be three to four hours a day on your phone. You may be more. Just keep looking forward. If, if you spend this much time on your day, how much more time could you have to do the things that you want to do if you're not behind a screen? And I want you to ask yourself the question of, what would I do with this extra three to four hours in my day, would, would I sleep more? I would sleep more. Would you learn something new? Would you just sit on your porch and enjoy the sunset or the sunrise? Those extra three to four hours, are, they're within reach. They're just on the other side of your phone if you're willing to set it down. And this is a quote from Andy and Amy Crouch. They say that setting screens aside allows us to focus on what we care about. What do you enjoy? What skills do you want to improve? By decreasing screen time, you're not leaving an empty gap in your life. You're making space for what you love to do. The act of creating focuses our attention on something without taking over. The act of creating focuses our attention on something without taking over. So the goal should not be setting down your phones or your devices because you feel bad. The goal should be setting them down because you realize how much you're missing out on. You're missing out on developing more into the image of God that you're created in. You're missing out on more time with your family, more rest, more joy, picking up that hobby that you've always wanted to learn how to do. The goal should be to put down your device because you want to take full advantage of the 24 hours that God gives us every day. And I want you to experience the power of creating something new, learning something new, experiencing something new, all within the context of a relationship with both God and others. We were created in the image of our creator to be creative. And I've got a couple next steps for you guys. The first next step is to make a commitment 
to have phone-free time daily. Make a commitment to have phone-free time daily. Maybe leave your phone on a charger when you go on a walk, because it's getting really nice outside and walks are awesome. Leave your phone in the car for a few hours after you get home from work. Just leave it in the car, then come inside and spend time with family. And then the second step that I have for you guys is to inspire your creative side. And this is something that you can allow yourself to do by leaving things in your way when you're walking through the house or leaving things in your way when you're walking out of the house. Like if you had that old guitar that you've always wanted to learn, just set it right in the middle of the living room so you have to walk past it and actively ignore it and not pick it up. Or leave, leave paper and pencil out for drawing. Keep a good fiction book on your nightstand and read it. Find ways to encourage creativity and fight against the temptation to grab your phone and be consumed because we are more like our creator God when we create rather than we consume. Please let me pray for you guys. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we want to show you how much we love you even though that's not something that you require for us to show how much we love you. Father, I pray that we would just take that extra time and that extra, uh, Lord, that extra time to just show you that we love you, to show you that, that we want to be with you. And from that, Lord Jesus, from what we learn about showing you how much we love you and showing you how much we want to be with you, we would carry that over into our families and show our spouses how much we love them and how much we care for them. To show our kids how much we love them and how much we care about them. To show our friends how much we love them and how much we care about them. Lord Jesus, that's what we want. That's what we want to do. I pray that as a church, we wouldn't take a stand and say that technology as a whole is bad. But as a church, we would not let technology to consume us and to consume our lives. But we would be responsible and able enough to set the phone aside for just a little bit to experience the boredom to engage and to create Lord Jesus that's what we want to do as a whole church we want to be known for that God would you would you set us apart for something greater and will we set our our phones and our devices aside to hopefully just experience a glimpse of what you have for us, Jesus. Even this week, Lord, we pray for that. In Jesus' name, amen.